happens when you put joy, superheroes, and a love of all things good and holy together? You get the Guardians of Virtue podcast, designed for saints who want to fight for the most precious of all gifts of our time, virtue. Join your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, that's me, as I discover everyday heroes who all have one thing in common, a desire to fight as Guardians of Virtue for God, freedom, and our families. Let's discover together what it really means to be a guardian of virtue. I am so excited to introduce today's guest. Um, Carrie Ann and I made a connection a couple years ago on Instagram when I told her that our husbands grew up in the same area, went to the same ward church building and all that stuff and um so it was fun to connect that way and kind of become instagram friends over the last couple years uh so carrie ann and her husband are a husband wife team behind the popular oh sweet basil food blog that shares recipes with a few million monthly readers carrie ann grew up in washington state and loves fresh farm-to-table ingredients and healthy eating with a side of indulgence, of course. She is the mother of three children and is learning a lot about balance as she seeks to stay involved with the blog while still maintaining a peaceful and fun home with her family. Kate and Carrie Ann began the Oh Sweet Basil blog in 2008 as a way to share their recipe stories and to promote their philosophy that spending time together in the kitchen is about more than the meal. Together, They believe that cooking isn't just about the food, it's about the hands that created it. Good food and good people make for a good life. In your lifetime, you meet people who just change your life um, by by virtue of being who they are. And um, I I could tell that Carrie Ann is special just because of what I've read on her blog, what I've seen on Instagram, but to talk to Carrie Ann and to get to know her for real is to get to know God better. She is a true, a true guardian of so many things, but I chose that. I decided that she is a guardian of strength and faith. And that's what we talk about in this podcast. And as a gentle forewarning, I cry multiple times. She cries multiple times. We're both criers, and as I've said before in this podcast, uh, crying is a God-given talent. I have decided that I'm not going to be embarrassed by the fact that I cry at everything. I cry for good things. I cry for, for sad things. Crying is just a part of who I am, and it is something that I share, willingly or not. (laughs) But I... Just, I hope that you walk away from this podcast episode just knowing that God is there for you, that Carrie Ann is someone who you need to follow. If you want to get closer to God, you need to know her. And I am so excited to share a piece of her today on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy. Let's do this. Carrie Ann, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, on my podcast, I interview people who I think are guardians of virtue, of specific virtues, and I think you are a guardian of strength and faith. So today we're going to talk about that. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's it's fun to um, and it's fun when you go online and you see people that are so openly that way, you know, so openly good, and mm-hmm. and I appreciate that you're. A, that example to me and you have been for several years. So thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying, but I find I find myself feeling just like you. Like whenever I see someone pop up that's quite openly sharing good things, I don't know, my heart, my heart gets so soft because I feel like in today's world, it's not the expected anymore. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we went through a little phase where we were sharing good things online and here's our family and here's something fun and here's cool traditions you can do. And then quite quickly it became political or it became negative or a place to rant. And so when I see, when I see someone doing the, the opposite, I just feel like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I just wish I knew them, you know? Yeah. Yep. Me too. And I think that's what's fun about doing podcasts is I can talk to people that are on the other side of the country Um, and um, talk about awesome stuff like that. So, well, we have a little bit of a connection. Your mother-in-law would always tell me every time I see her, how much she, like how proud she is of you. And um, she always tells me about her sons (laughs) because my husband grew up with Josh, he's around <laughs> the same age as Josh. And right. she'd also tell me about Kate and about how you started this blog and our sons are about the same age and stuff. And, and so I decided to check you out. I don't know how many years ago. I mean, I guess it's half, it would have to be within the last five years. Cause my yeah. son's five and a half, but, um, and your recipes look great and they're delicious. And in fact, I, um, my mother-in-law's favorite pie is strawberry pie and I made your strawberry pie for her one year and she loved it so I have to make it every year <laughs> for her birthday it's like the tradition so that, yeah <laughs> and and every time I need a new recipe I always go to your blog first because I, I know that you've like I've I've tested enough of them and I know that you test them enough that they're going to be good. <laughs> That's your nice way of saying, I know you obsess over things. No, and no, no. Obsess until it's perfect. You know, some, some people will just throw things up there when they've tried it once. Well, you know, you don't know if it's going to be good or not. No, because I hate when I go online and I'm like so excited because I've seen a recipe everywhere. Like it's gone viral. Yeah. And then I make it and I'm like, it was terrible. <laughs> It's just because the picture is pretty. So I just get a little hyper-focused on, no, I want it to taste good too. <laughs> yeah, no. And and I appreciate that. See, obsessive <laughs> is good. <laughs> yes. Yes. See. <laughs> um, but what I really loved about what you do online is you don't only share recipes. You share about life. You share about the hard things. You share about the gospel. Like you don't shy away from the the really rich stuff. Like yeah. food is yummy and it, and it can make your life amazing, but the richness comes through the gospel. We know that. And so, um, how would your, how would you say that your faith grew as, as you started Oh Sweet Basil and, um, yeah. You know, it, I like that question because it seems like such an easy answer to just be like, oh, well I was doing and trying. And so life was being experienced and, and my faith grew, but it's actually a lot deeper than that because in this process, because I've been online, um, I've had to be quite vulnerable. And that came with a great decision on our part. You know, people haven't always been kind and never will always be kind about the things that we're sharing online. And so it quickly became, if if we're going to share things that are limited, we might take a major hit business-wise and follower-wise. And you know, this was, this is our main source of income. And so is that something we're, we're willing to do? So there was that first test of faith, like, where are we really going to stand? And there's nothing wrong at all with the decision to say, I'm going to just keep this a business, you know, that wouldn't have changed who I am at all. But making the choice to put my faith out there has changed me. Does that make sense? Like, I have had to really think wisely about where my priorities are and make sure I stay close to my priorities. I've had to think really wisely about balance in my family and everything really boiled down to faith. Mm -hmm. And so as I have been going through the process of, you know, we started this blog just as an opportunity to share really delicious things with neighbors. Like truth be told, it really came about because people would ask me for a recipe and I would fail to give it to them. I'd be like, (laughs) I'm going to email that to you. And then time would pass and I'd be like, oh, I didn't do that. So I kind of, you know, started putting them on a blog to just say, hey, if I make something delicious, I'll put it up there for you guys. And blogging wasn't a thing yet. Um, But then, you know, Kate ended up unemployed and it became desperate times for us. And so one day Kate said, 
maybe this whole blog thing could be an actual source of income for us. Mm -hmm. And so we really had to pour our hearts into prayer with Heavenly Father and say, okay, we have this idea and we know that it's, you know, I can do all things through Christ, which yes, we can keep plowing on our own, or we could keep praying that you will save us. But it's really the combination of the two of us together that the true power and magic happens. So our faith grew so much in just saying, Heavenly Father, let's do this together. And then once it turned into a business, putting ourselves out there more and more, um, then it, then it really became a different way to grow my faith. I had to really pray over photography, which sounds so silly, but <laughs> even today, it's really hard for me. I don't sit down with the camera and like, bam, 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 like take a bunch of pictures. I have to pray first. And so you pray, you pray before every time you, you take pictures. Yes. And does I think that's amazing. <laughs> I need his help so much. And I need, I need to see what he sees. Mm-hmm. He is the keeper of light. Yeah. And photography is dependent upon light. And so yeah. in order for me to see it properly, I need to see it with him. Yeah. So, and then recipe creation. I'm, some of our most viral recipes came from our most difficult and dark moments in life. Our potato rolls recipe uses what originally was just dehydrated potato pearls from the Bishop's storehouse because yeah. we had no money and we had to like, you know, we had to be eating our food storage in order for us to survive. And and it just grew into this inspiration of what if, you know, potato rolls at the store are so good. What yeah. if? Yeah. And I, I think that was inspiration from him. And so then my faith grew again in learning that he is all knowledgeable and that in order for me to become my full potential, I needed to partner with him in all areas of my life, not just spiritually. You know, you in the beginning, you think I am a child of God. And then in the end, you find yourself saying, how can I become a child of God mm-hmm. once again? Because mortality has kind of removed that a bit and it becomes our choice. Do you want to remain his child? Well, then you're going to have to partner with him. And my my faith has grown in each area of this business, praying over it, pondering over it, waiting for answers. And then in the end, seeing that this blog never was mine. It was his all to belong. And it's really his platform that I need to use for his work. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't think it's silly that you pray over photography at all, P.S., <laughs> because I've done this. I've done. I've done the same thing. I I love to garden, uh-huh. and there are times where I've had plants die on me or almost die on me, and I've prayed over them yeah. and, and asked for help. And the same thing with my house. Like if I need help with efficiency or whatever. Like uh-huh. I knew, I knew I was going to be starting this podcast, but I also knew that I was overwhelmed with my household chores. I mm-hmm. I teach piano. Um, I have four children and all these things. And I had to figure out a way to be able to do all that and then add this whole extra time consuming thing. And so for the first time in forever or ever, I instituted a chore schedule and mm-hmm. I actually follow it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can all of a sudden do my clean my bathrooms once a week when I wasn't doing that before this. And yeah. so he is, it's a, he knows all things and can know the answer to anything as small as taking pictures and where to, put your, where to put your food. So it looks the best or, or how much water to give your plant or, you know, like pointing to the right resources to do that or whatever. So yes. It's fascinating to finally understand that our heavenly father is not merely invested in us returning home to him. He's also invested in our happiness and anything that will help us to live better lives, he's all in. Yeah. So I mean, the bathroom matters to him. That's his whole purpose, right? For us to experience joy. And so he's going to help us do that. Yeah. I love that. Good example. Good example. <laughs> okay. So I, this is probably really hard. It's probably like choosing your favorite child. You just can't. But oh, I know I'm going <laughs> to see if you can do this. What are your top five favorite recipes? And um, and have you had any faith promoting experiences through creating them? This is so <laughs> it's always everyone's question. And so you would think I would like 
maneuver myself to a place in life where I'm like, okay, next time they ask, I'm just going to rattle them off. (laughs) I'm an ever-changing creature. And so my likes and dislikes are ever-changing as well. So what I answered last year is probably different than this year. Yeah. and, And here's what's fascinating. All of my favorite recipes on the blog are not reader favorite recipes. Yeah. The ones that I'm like, this one is going to blow minds. It's like, no one really cares. That's how I feel when I like, because I'll I'll post like when I play the piano or something. And I'm like, this, I love this song. And I'm like, no, no one cares. (laughs) And then it's the ones that I'm like. Oh, that one's just like, I mean, this is a good one. We make it all the time, but it's nothing special. And everyone's like, I love that one. Yeah. So, okay. So one of my favorites is a sun-dried tomato gnocchi recipe. Uh-huh. It's like one pan, you throw it all in. It's, it is just good to me. I don't know why. It's just, it's got all these different combinations in it. You've got some fresh herbs and the sun-dried tomatoes. And then you've got that like good chew to the gnocchi. I love that one. Um, we have a margarita pizza that our mm-hmm. kids are obsessed with. We learned the dough recipe in um, Venice, Italy. Oh, fun. A real like master pizza. So, And I love it. I love bread. I just think bread is the best. Yeah. So like crack it open and watch those strands pull apart. That's my favorite. Um, I have a new favorite that is not a favorite, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> we have... I don't really eat seafood. I just, I don't really love it, right? Because so many reasons. But our daughter decided she really wants to try seafood more. She's like, we need to incorporate it into our our daily menus because it's good for you, mom. (laughs) Like a 16-year-old, like she gets caught up in things. So Mm -hmm. there's a citrus-baked salmon over salad that I have to admit is delicious. And I think part of it's these like roasted chickpeas that are on top. They're just okay. so mm-hmm. good. But it is the first time that I've walked away from a seafood dish going, oh, I'd eat that again. So that's yeah. one of my favorites just because I'm proud of myself for liking it. Yeah. Coffee cake muffins. They're mm-hmm. just so dense. I love them. I love them so much. Um. Oh, and there's a raspberry cookie that we made last year. How many am I at? Am I at like six, five? What yeah, something at? like that. I Yes. There's a white chocolate <laughs> raspberry cookie that I have worked oh, on yeah. for so long. And it's just, oh, it's so good. You eat one and you're like, that was so satisfying that I actually don't even need another, but I'm going to eat another just because. It was and so I good. like it when food's like that. I like yeah. it when it's genuinely satisfying. Um, one of the things that was faith promoting for me about these recipes, specifically about that last cookie recipe, um, is that we were just about to move. Oh, I should have prepped you. I'm going to cry 500 times. That's okay. I <laughs> So, when, your I have to tell you, I don't normally joke when I give talks at church, but I am a crier. And so the last talk I gave at church, I started crying because I was talking about how my parents supported me in piano growing up and stuff. And um and I paused and I was just like, I am so sorry. I'm a crier. Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to deal with it. I'm just sharing. My, it's just something I'm talented at. And yes, I'm sharing so my much. talent right now. <laughs> so, so just think of it that way. It's okay to cry because. You know, okay. I'm going to steal that for the rest of my life. It's my talent. You're welcome. That's okay. Yes. Blessing yes. you all. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that's what this was for me was it, it was a faith moment because I had been working on this recipe for so long. I hated that the raspberries never tasted as like fresh and vibrant. They always turned the batter a little bit more liquidy and they looked kind of Mm -hmm. ugly. And I was so frustrated and I had tried all these different, you know, okay, maybe we should use some raspberry extract in them. What should we do? And, you know, we're, we had felt very strongly to post our house for sale. Mm -hmm. And it was like days after finding out that we were going to be relocated. So there normal people would be like, okay, we're going to figure things out first. We're going to start looking for a house. We're going to take our time and and we're going to do things in the proper order. Well, Kate and I immediately, both of us, which is such a blessing that both of us felt it, an urgency to post our house immediately. Yeah, And I mean, so urgent that it felt like you were panicked that your child was falling into a pool or something like it was 
on our hearts. Uh-huh. So we posted our house for sale days later. I'm in the kitchen trying one more time to make these cookies and they turned out unreal, just absolutely perfect. And I'm, I'm like putting them out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to photograph them as they are right now. I'll retest them multiple times before I post them, mm-hmm. but they're so perfect. And I'd gotten close the last time. So, I mean, this wasn't like I went from horrible to something, but it was one change. I just had used dehydrated raspberries instead of fresh and it was mm-hmm. life changing. And as I'm photographing them, there's a knock at the door and my daughter walks around the corner and she's like, there's a guy and he wants to come in our house. And I was like, well, that's creepy. So I walk <laughs> the door. I'm in a bathing suit and a cover up because we were about to head to the pool and I'm shooting these cookies. And he's like, my client is in the car. Um, she's only in town for two days and they would like to walk through your house. Um, that it was just posted and they made an offer that day and we were closed a couple days later on our house. Like, you know, we still posted it for sale. We, we still got other offers, but in, in like 15 hours time, our house sold. Yeah. That cookie recipe came together. Now someone could be like, wow, it's a really lucky day. But I think heavenly father was saying, Carrie Ann, I see you and you're about to step into really tough territory because the rest of the summer did not go that smoothly. Right. Yeah. We're still sitting in a place where we're really unsure of everything and nothing has come together at all, but I just needed one moment of really pure happiness. I photographed the cookies. My daughter had all of her friends over. And so then I gave them to all the friends and they're eating and these random people are walking through my house and I'm standing there in a bathing suit. It's just awkwardness. (laughs) They left. We went to the pool. We had such a good day. Came home. We watched a movie as a family and and ate the rest of the cookies together. And, and my family's like, these are amazing. They're so good. And I had happiness. I just had that, that one moment, like a goodbye to our house that had cared for us through hard pregnancy and bringing home a NICU baby and remodeling everything. And, you know, that, that home had cared for us. And... And that day became Heavenly Father's way of just saying, you did well in this home and it's going to get real hard, but happy days are to come, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing that you're able to see that joy and, you know, recognize that that was a gift from Heavenly Father. And, yeah. and it's true. He does give us moments like that to help balance out yeah. the hard that he knows we have, we have to experience hard. Right. And that's the only way we learn. And and so thank you. Kind for of nice that. sometimes to look at your trials and go to the moment right before they begin and say, did he give me a hug first? Mm-hmm. A lot of people who have shared a lot of stories of, you know, I'm reading a book by someone who went through really the most traumatic thing as a child ever. And, and it's interesting to hear her say, like, you know, right before this began, I can see that Heavenly Father was loving on me first. And I think that's true for a lot of us. We just, you know, we say ne- to never look back, but I think you do need to look back, look back and say, what what squeeze did it give me before it all came down? Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, that you say that because last year was was one of the more difficult years we've experienced. We both crashed our cars and like had to <laughs> had to get new cars and all that stuff. And um, I crashed my car a month after my husband did. And, mm-hmm. and I remember the day clearly I, I, I suffer from fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time I had just, I, I had adjusted my diet a couple months before to try and help manage it. And that day was just hard. I just have days where I experience yeah. more pain and exhaustion. And, and I, I remember sitting in my brand, it was a brand new van. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in my brand new van at piano lessons because I don't teach my daughter. That's a whole new, a whole different <laughs> yeah. thing. But uh, I was sitting there and probably I probably death for your relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I was feeling sorry for myself because I was just uncomfortable. You get to this point where sometimes you're just uncomfortable in your body and and um, just you know. So on the way home, not not paying attention, and I got in a crash and. I just remember thinking, why did this have to happen? This is a brand new car. I was so excited that I had the brand new car, which is so silly to 
be mad about something like that because it's just a car. And and I we didn't really get injured. The other people didn't get injured. I had some bruises and stuff, but I just remember thinking, why did something dumb like this happen? <laughs> and and um anyways, fast forward, we we got a, a used van and um paid off of some debt that we had and and um we were able to pay off we just got the title from the van a couple weeks ago. And uh and it's like Heavenly Father uh helped us out of the decision that we had made to buy a brand new car. Cause we were looking at, you know, five years of a loan. And yeah. and we were able to to pay off it wasn't a lot of debt, but we were able to pay off some debt and then pay off a van with in less than a year of having it because we got in a crash. <laughs> Yeah, and things like that happen. That it's sometimes it's hard to to see to see why, but it it also caused me to stop and love on my children more, and yeah. you know notice things more that I probably wouldn't have. So yeah, yeah. you find yourself going, oh, I see you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So thank you for sharing that. that. Same. All right. Um. So when we're children, we're taught that. We have to plant our faith if we want it to grow. And what I love about you is um, that you don't hold back from sharing your faith challenges online. You've had a lot of them, um, like challenging pregnancies, financial struggles, now moving and being in the long in between that you're in. (laughs) Um, And so uh, what, what have you done to help you plant your faith? What did you do to help plant your faith? Um, so that when these times have come, your faith didn't waver, you know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. How have you been able to keep your faith alive? You know, if you talk to my younger self, I I probably wouldn't have an answer because I'd feel like I was just wading through life, you know, trying to keep my head above water. And now I can see that, you know, the the deep water somehow is exactly what planted me in life growing up in an area that wasn't super supportive of religion, um, especially uh, being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It wasn't a welcomed thing. You know, there were, I remember coming home from school and my parents telling us that we weren't going to watch the news that night because they were doing some big story on our church that just, it we did end up seeing clips of it and oh my goodness, like so much crazy false stuff, you know, it was talking about things that I couldn't even wrap my head around. How could they believe that we do that or that we have, have those horns on our head? And this was on news, you know, it was yeah. like being broadcast as truth. And I'm like, this is craziness. But that led to, you know, backlash at school and, and not just from the students, but from teachers as well. And that could have broken me. And at times, well, I tell you what, at times it was really frustrating and hard and um, really made me waver a bit in who do I want to be? I knew my faith was true. I've always believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've always believed I was a child of God, but it was like, what are my actions going to show, you know? And, and the more I'd have to decide the more my feet were being sunk deep into his rock mm-hmm. because I, there there was no room for being both because everyone was going to call you out on it no matter what. And so, you know, I wasn't, it's not like I was standing up, like showing everyone my testimony or things like that, but it firmly rooted in my heart to not let go. And it's interesting because I never knew that people having an opinion of who I was and what I believed in growing up was so insanely essential so that one day I could be at times attacked online in such a public way. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got millions of readers. When you've got millions of readers, there's going to be a good chunk of them that have an opinion of you. And, and it can't shake me anymore because I already did that. At a very right. young age, I already had to decide, no, this is who I am. This mm-hmm. is who I am. And if it doesn't fit well for you, we can just love each other. And that's good enough because I'm not, I'm not going to be swayed. This is who I am. So I think growing up in the area I did as hard as it was for me and as 
truthfully, as lonely as it was, it's not even mm-hmm. that it was as much hard as it was insanely lonely for me. I would describe my childhood as happy, but the older I got more and more lonely. And I just, I just am grateful for it now. I'm like, oh, I, I needed that. I needed that so I could do it now. Yeah. It's amazing how past experiences can prepare us for what we are going to experience later yeah. in life and help us yeah. be stronger for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I remember a year or two before you moved that you felt like change was going to be on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking back and seeing everything that has happened since then, what are some miracles you've witnessed that have helped you grow your faith? Ooh, um, Boy, the miracles are so many that I don't know that I could even list them. It, I think one of the biggest miracles of all is that I felt that so strongly. Like, how much do we doubt the feelings that we're feeling? It, for me, no matter how hard I work at it, I'm still like, good thought, have to make dinner now. Like, I'm so quick to write things off, right? But the biggest miracle of all, in my opinion, is just that for for over an entire year, I would feel this weird feeling and I'd call my mom and say, mom, it, it feels like I'm I'm about to take a journey. It feels like something has been in the works and the gears are starting to turn. And I would tell her over and over, the gears are turning. And I'm not sure where this is taking me, but there is there is motion happening and something's coming, something's coming. And it got to the point that it was starting to freak me out a little. <laughs> you know, like she'd be like, Carrie Ann, what do you mean? I'd say, I don't know. It's starting to freak me out. And she's like, you're freaking me out. <laughs> like, what do you, what change is coming? So that was a miracle. When the, there was the miracle of feeling the urgency of placing our house for sale. Um, good heavens. We, we put our home up for sale on Thursday or Friday. Monday is when interest rates skyrocketed. And then it was that unique week where again, in the same week, on, you know, just a couple of days later on that Thursday, interest rates went up again and the market just stalled out. Like none of our neighbors sold their houses, everything in our neighborhood completely stopped, but our house had sold. Even on our loop in our neighborhood, there were three of us selling our homes and ours is the only one that sold. And I think it's because when we did, everyone else posted the next week and nothing happened. So there was that there. I mean, there was also tender mercies along the way at, you know, driving down the road and feeling really down and depressed and seeing this sign in someone's yard that said, don't give up. And I'm stopped in the middle of the road, taking a picture of it. (laughs) Tears pouring down my cheeks saying, you could never convince me that that sign was not placed for me. 100%. Like I needed that so bad because we were at the end of our rope. We had nowhere to live could not find a place to even rent. And I had exhausted everything. I had called every Airbnb, every hotel, every single rental home, you know, from Lehigh clear up to Ogden and nothing. How is that possible? Yeah, That makes no sense. Places weren't even calling us back. And I'm like, don't you want my money? Like I want to pay my money and live in your house. Um, That was a miracle. There, there were countless people that, um, that had moments with me walking through a home with a man and it wasn't the right place. And I, I felt it. And he kind of, you know, asked a little bit about me and I kind of shared that, you know, we're, we're looking to move and da, 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 da. And then days later, he texted me and checked on me and told me, carry on. I don't know why, but I feel like everything's going to work out for you. And I've put your name on the prayer roll. Oh. that doesn't know he didn't even know if I was a member of the church you know he knew nothing yeah. about me why would he do that because yeah. heavenly father told him to because heavenly father cared about me you know yeah. or the woman that stopped by to buy something that we were selling um we sold off some of our furniture which is a miracle as well like all the year prior I had felt so strongly to declutter the house and to get rid of things and I had been doing that process and getting really really organized and that made my life easier with moving. But then we I had felt strongly to sell some major things in our home that were taking up space that I loved, but just for some reason felt to sell. So she comes over and lo and behold, she happens to live in the area that I had had this spiritual moment that we would be living there, but nothing was working out. And mm-hmm. she just built me up and made me feel like, oh, it's the best. You're going to love it. And 
she sent out emails to her neighbors saying, does anyone know of anything? And I felt supported. Nothing came of it. It's not like she solved the problem for me, but she solved an ache in my heart. She made it. And I really could go on forever. Like we, everything I witnessed would be things that could easily be written off or not even noticed. You know, who cares that I felt to get organized in my home? Who cares that I felt to sell things off? Lots of people do that before they move. But we didn't know that we would have to put the majority of our home into a storage unit and that it wouldn't have fit in this home. If I hadn't sold things off, it wouldn't have worked. And I would have been stressed out of my mind. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't sold things off, we wouldn't have had as much. Um, I wouldn't have been able to care for as much in our home because Cade was working far away. And because we didn't have a an address to move to, our moving company is like, we we're going to have to back out of this. You're going to have to move on your own. We have to have an address. So I ended up packing the whole house all by myself. That would have been harder. Mm, yeah. You know, I mean, the the lessons go on and on, but I've already taken 10 minutes. So <laughs> I didn't say I didn't want you to. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot, but it took looking. It yeah. really did. It took looking and you better believe I wrote down every single thing that happened because I want it sealed up in heaven. I witnessed miracles. And I would not have recognized them as miracles had I not started writing them down. Yeah, I I think that's something I've noticed about you is that you're really good at following the good thoughts, like following the good promptings, whether you feel like they're promptings or or Mm -hmm. not. And that's been a good example to me. Like I've started being better at that because I saw you do that and, and it blesses your life. So strength comes hand in hand with faith, I think. And and you've showed that that you have that. Uh, I If you could sit down with somebody that you know is having a really hard time being in the in-between or just struggling, what um, what would you tell them is the, like, what, what, what most important piece of advice would you give them? Ooh, if, oh, okay. Can I have two? <laughs> yes. Can I be greedy and have to? I think number one, um, boy, in in no particular order here, but I would say immerse yourself in light. I I think my darkest times, it has been very, very easy to me that I could just turn everything off and focus on survival or focus on myself or my needs or, you know, whatever. And and that's, that's okay. Heavenly Father doesn't expect us to be superheroes, but immersing yourself in his light is truly the only way to get through. And sometimes that light looks like listening to general conference talks or reading the scriptures or saying endless prayers throughout your day. But other times immersing yourself in his light is, um, I think I have to give a visual here because I can't really explain it otherwise, but yeah, it, it's almost like you open yourself up and immerse yourself in the light that's already in you, that's his. And for example, uh, my last pregnancy, you know, I can't do anything when I'm pregnant because I'm hooked up to machines and I'm so sick and I'm in the hospital and all that. And, and what I did is I decided that I was going to write letters to everyone I could think of, even ward members that I didn't know very well. And so some sweet Relief Society sisters were just such angels and, you know, asked me if they could do anything for me. And I just kept thinking, I don't know what I'm in a hospital. Like, I don't know what you could do. And, and then I thought, would you bring me some note cards? Yeah, I would. I couldn't usually use my eyes very well because you're so dehydrated that just looking at something becomes very difficult. So I'd close my eyes and I would just write letters to people. I'd look up names in our ward or I'd think of a long lost friend or whoever. And I would just express to them my love or good things I saw in them. And as I was doing this, I was thinking like, I just feel like a bum. I'm going to do this just as something good. So I don't feel like a waste of space all the time. You know, I I wasn't trying to be good. I just was bored out of my mind and sick Mm -hmm. out of my mind. And, and what happened was the more my heart opened up, this light exploded out and filled my space with him. I I realized that I was ministering as he would have. And because of that, that light was very healing and very warming to me. Um, in addition to that, I would say one of the biggest things that you can do if you're going through a hard time um, would be to change the thoughts in your head. It becomes really easy to feel hopeless. I 
I can't express enough how much I've hit those points of just feeling like, why? I know you are there and I don't doubt it. I know you love me and I don't doubt it. I don't know why you won't rescue me. Mm -hmm. Giving you all of my faith here. So it has to be that I lack faith. And that's what it would always boil down to. Well, that's not true. So I changed my prayers. I changed my thought from, where are you? Find me and rescue me to, I know you're there. And I know you love me. Mm-hmm. And I know that I need to wait. Yes. So change me in the meantime. That switch, it, it's, it's like you've heard your whole life. Your thoughts become who you are. And it's true. So instead of letting your thoughts boil down to, come on, help me, help me, help me. Turn them to, I trust you, love me, change me, change me, change me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'll add to that, like sometimes the rescue is not going to be there, right? Like not the way we think it is. I'll, I'll never be able to get rid of fibromyalgia. It's part of my life. And, yeah. um, but he's helped me by helping me change my diet and helping me change my habits to make it so that my life is better. Yeah. But um, yes, I, I love the, uh, I love those. So um, true. And, oh, I had something to add to the, oh, when you were talking about writing notes to people, I think, and this is not backed by any kind of science data or anything, but. <laughs> Perfect. I, My I think, favorite kind of facts. <laughs> I think that um, in today's world, we, as connected as we are, I think loneliness is probably one of the biggest pandemic epidemics that we experience in our society. And, um, and, and if we're feeling that way, then other people probably feel that way too. And, and how, how much difference would it make to send a note or to send a text to help somebody else not feel that way? And um, I've given a lot of thought to that. Like, what does friendship look like? Cause in movies, sometimes, or at least movies that I like to watch, if somebody's in the hospital, everyone goes mm-hmm. and sits there and mm-hmm. worries over them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if somebody's sick at their house, people will yeah. come to gather them. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's such, and, and why, why isn't our society like that? I don't know if it was because of the pandemic or, or if we've just all gotten too busy, but what is, what can that look like for us? And texting and sending notes yeah. is such a simple way to, to show people that, that they're still being seen. Mm-hmm. I so. love that. Totally right. Totally right on. Um, okay. Um, what have you loved most about the opportunities you've had with your business? Um, and how have they strengthened your testimony? Cause I know that like you've created cookbooks, you have your blog, you used to speak a lot around mm-hmm. the country. Um, and so how have those opportunities blessed and strengthened you? Ah, the biggest, biggest blessing of my entire life has come from all of that because I have been able to, to connect with people in really unique ways. I mean, like you and I, I remember when, when we first connected, I, I want to say it was Instagram that you told me that, oh my goodness, like, you know, we have this connection with families and everything and and it's like I've I've gathered this community that was completely unexpected. I've learned things from people that would never have happened. People clear across the world have taught me essential things for my life. People right here next to me that I would never have connected with, even though they're so close, have buoyed up my faith or been a blessing. And and I I can't I can't wrap my head around how social media could be such a bad thing and such a good thing at the same time. But I kind of live in that reality. I mean, it's the people, 100% the people. I I can genuinely say that I adore our readers. I love them. And with time, we have built a community that we don't have a lot of the negativity anymore. A lot of bloggers still, still get online joking about the negative comments that they get. And we we seem to have lost a lot of that because so many have gathered around us that bring other good people. And it's a very special and unique community. I'm forever blessed by people like you. Yeah. I've I've definitely been blessed by the work that you do. Um, So I appreciate it. Gosh, Carrie Ann, (laughs) 
I've mm-hmm. been like fighting back tears this entire time. Yeah, just let them go like me. <laughs> I know. Maybe I need to. I <laughs> I uh I write in my journal every night like 10 things that may like my gratitude journal, yeah, right? Yeah. Ten, yeah. At least 10 things that that um I feel I was blessed with and today you're definitely going on the list I really same 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 we've had the spirit here and that's yeah that is a beautiful thing to me is this whole time we're talking I keep thinking holy cow she has brought the spirit to a podcast it is not very often I get to sit and feel that that's you that's 100% you you brought it so thank you thank Thank you. you that that's um sorry I'm crying <laughs> and too. we'll do it together uh, um <laughs> Just like you said with your business that it it's God's, right? Like to me, I feel like this podcast is definitely um, not something I would have thought of on my own. Um, and um, I'm very much, I've had multiple experiences um, where I felt like Nephi building the boat and not knowing the next step, but Heavenly Father gives me the next step. Because this is his podcast, I really feel like this is his podcast. His podcast, and so to, to have you tell me that you've felt that means I might be doing something right. <laughs> Absolutely, you are. You keep going. You keep going. You keep oh, going. Thank yeah. you. Thank you I for that. Um, okay, golly, I'm a hot. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> uh, okay, so I hate to to get to the end of this, but. Um, it has to it has to come eventually. So um, there are two questions that I ask everyone that I interview on my podcast. And um, probably the most important questions that I ask. Uh, the first one is, um, what story from Jesus's life um, shows that he's an example of being a guardian of faith and strength? I love this question. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I, I think your choice in words shows that you've been inspired to do this because a guardian of faith and strength isn't something you hear very often. And I am writing it down as one of my new names of Jesus Christ, (laughs) my guardian. So thank you for sharing that. I am truly seeing him differently. Um, Now this, this story might not be the first that comes to many minds, but when Christ in third Nephi returns and shows himself to the people at the temple, I think there is a moment that we see his far stretch into his title as a guardian. And that's when he doesn't just bless and heal the people one by one, but then he turns and says to bring forth the children. Now, what more does a parent want than to know that once they have left this earth, that Jesus Christ will remain in the hearts of their children. The greatest healing and blessing he gave to those parents was not when he laid his hands upon them. It's when he laid his hands upon their children. He was guarding up their faith and their strength. Surely he must do that for me and my children as well. That moment to me is absolutely beautiful that He is not just going to guard things right here and right now, but he is going to guard things forever and always through my minds, through my posterity, forever. Okay. That's beautiful. (laughs) It's okay to cry. (laughs) We're just really sharing sharing our talents with the world right now. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Second question, um, if you could pick somebody, past or present, who um, is a true guardian of strength and faith, who would you pick and why? Now, based on everything I just said, this is going to seem planned and plotted and placed, but it's not. (laughs) Okay. I could have said many people, my children, my parents, my husband, and I've thought over this a lot. There are really incredible people that I work with. Um, in my calling in the church as well, that have been a very unique opportunity, and they absolutely are guardians of faith and strength. Mm-hmm. Um, Alyssa, I would say you you are one. It takes a lot in this world to decide to take on one more thing because our time and talents have never been so stretched. 
we're told to not be stay-at-home moms, but to not be full-time moms. And we are told to not be in the world, but to not be different than the world. We're told to be women, but to not be feminists. We're told to be feminists, but not be women. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're told such conflicting things at all times. And in the midst of great chaos and busyness, you chose to just be a disciple. I wonder what more I could do this week and this year to guard up the testimonies of my father and my savior like you are right now. Thank you. I was going to try and stop crying before this. <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> no, really, thank you. I'm My heart's touched. Thank you. Thank you. Golly. I have to redo my makeup. <laughs> um. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't ask you to do that. I didn't see it wasn't planned and plotted. It's oh. just it's what I felt. And I listened to those feelings. So thank you. You're doing a good work. <laughs> and it's going to matter. It has mattered to me. If nothing else, it has really mattered to me. Well, I um I'm um I before or when I was preparing for creating the podcast, I um there were different, you know, different things that like helped me come up with the title and all this stuff. And I, I knew I wanted to interview people that were guardians of virtue, of specific virtues. And um, I wrote a list of like my dream people that I would interview and you were in my top five. So the mm-hmm. fact that you undeserved. Said yes, <laughs> just as just as undeserved as I am to receive the compliments you gave me. Um, mm-hmm. So for you to even say yes meant a lot because I know that you're busy and life is crazy. So <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for this is I can't I can't wait. I can't wait to share this. <laughs> and, same, same, same. <laughs> so hurry uh, get it done and send me the link and I'll share it with you. I will absolutely. Um you're amazing and thank you so much for all that you do and can't wait to see the all the new recipes that you come out with <laughs> stories you you tell and uh you. and hopefully soon to to move to the next step so you're not in the in-between anymore <laughs> hopefully something comes available yes thank you thank you for having me I appreciate it and I do I look forward to talking again absolutely we have to again yes all righty Have a good day. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, see you, friends. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Guardians of Virtue podcast. Please don't forget to give us a follow. And if you have time, please leave a review. Peace out, dudes.